Well, I think the bar food last night wasn't so bad. No. Like, the tater tots weren't that greasy. And then, honestly, the meatball tasted really fresh. Okay. Like the meatball sub. But I put McDonald's like in my had... body today. <laughs> that's that's the problem. That's the problem. I need to go grocery shopping. Like, they went out and they killed the cow in the back. And then they're like, grind it up. I heard it mooing. Yeah. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that makes you keep two hands on the pillow so that you can hit your partner. I don't know. I didn't... You... The word pillow makes it sound like a sex thing, actually. It does. Yeah. I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared. Don't do it. <laughs> what else sounds like a sex thing? <laughs> a lot of the bits we have on this podcast, actually. <laughs> don't. <laughs> You're not wrong. I was, you know, usually we start this with like, a, "How was your week, Ben Stephen?" But nah, um, we, we I was wa- I was waiting for you to co- commit to the the sex thing, but I guess my mind went blank. That's why I moved on. All right, how are you doing? <laughs> Steve and I went and saw a hockey game yesterday. We did. We have brain damage because of it. It's true. We got in a fight with the hockey players. That's not on the true. ice. <laughs> I feel like that would have been a headline on a lot of media outlets. Yeah, local man gets his ass beat by professional hockey players. Yeah, there's something to be said about people storming the field in like football games because you hear about it every once in a while. You hear about it in baseball games. They don't do that at hockey games. Well, I mean, yeah, you know they don't do it in football games either. Soccer they, games, they yes. do in in American football games. Uh huh. The roided out guys in full pads and a helmet. Uh huh. I guess they're just taking the calculated risk that these that these men won't murder me because that's bad PR. They, go look it up. Like it happens all the time. They don't. They try not to show it because the I, I know like streakers, but not people like going down there to fight players. No, they don't go on to fight players. Oh, they're okay, just, okay. They're just going on to like run around and and be assholes. That's fucking stupid. But yeah, anytime someone runs on a field, networks have been trained to just not show it because but, they don't want to give them publicity. I mean, I feel like we're also overlooking the fact that hockey takes place on ice. Yeah. And also, a lot of it has, like, giant plexiglass barriers. I, uh, what's your point? (laughs) (laughs) A couple problems in the way. (laughs) Um, Steven and I got free tickets yesterday to a very, very nice couple of seats. It was real nice. It was real nice. I was happy. It, It was convenient that the Minnesota Wild were in town for this game. And we were supposed to record this episode right now. And I get to the train after work, and I see an email saying, first come, first serve, who wants these tickets? And I'm like, Jared, how about what, what if we didn't record tonight? I was literally getting in the shower to, like, take a shower and then watch the episode and then walk over here. And when I got that text, and I was like, yeah, that's fine. Figure yeah, right. it out. Text me when you figured it out. All in all to say, it was, it was a good time. We had fun. It was a late game. I oh realized because it was a nationally televised game. But that's that actually blew my mind more because we we are in Central Time, uh-huh. and it started eight thirty Central Time, uh-huh. which is nine thirty Eastern Time. Jared, it was TNT Hockey Night in America. I've seen like three hockey games in my entire life, <laughs> and also between two teams that, from my understanding, aren't very good this year. Yeah, so they put it in this weird past prime time slot on a Wednesday night. <sighs> yeah, I don't know why they really did. That like it should be seven o'clock 
there must be something with TNT that they play at that time slot. Everyone there, like we went to a bar beforehand because we thought it started at 730, just like everyone else thought that. Yeah. And even the bar was like, yeah, this is weird. Like we never have people here this like this late for these games. Like usually they leave by seven because the game starts at 730. Yeah. But we got to see a fight. That was pretty fun. We did. As I as we just talked about before we started recording, but I'll say it for the listeners at home too. Did not know that the fights were so, like, they were an event. I thought it was just kind of thing like, oh, they kind of let it go and, like, they take a couple seconds and, you know, then the refs break it up. They kind of turn the other way or whatever. No, it's like they, they like, sur- they square up and, like, take <laughs> oh, yeah. off their gloves. And the refs will, like, hang out nearby for, like, when they do eventually have to break it up. But, like, it's not only, it's not. I assumed it was like a, eh, we just don't talk about it, but like, whatever, like, hush, hush. No, it's actively encouraged. Mm-hmm. Neither of them got sent to the penalty box. They got, they both, well, I actually don't know. No, I don't, I don't remember either of them going to the penalty box. I was also incredibly tired. That's fair. I think they did, but it doesn't matter because they canceled out and they were five minute right. majors. So nobody was playing shorthanded. Yeah, right. Uh, but that was also a weird fight. If you want to look at this fight, I'm sure it's online. It, we watched the Minnesota Wild and the Chicago Blackhawks, and it was the most bizarre fight because they just kept swinging at each other, and eventually, usually, someone goes down, and then they have to break it up. They never did. That's part of what made it so personal to me. Like for that, <laughs> I could tell it was so personal between those two people because like they weren't trying to like win the fight, like take the other guy down. They were like, I want to keep this going as long as possible to hit you on the helmet with the flat of my hand over and over and over and make you suffer. You know what I realized though, is that the guy who was getting into all these fights and like had all the penalties last night, Mm -hmm. his brother plays for the Blackhawks. That's hilarious. It is hilarious. It was a good time. He gave him like a list of people to go after. Like, hey, I fucking hate this guy, but he's on my team, so go, I need you to take him out. Go get him. Fuck him up. I, I want to apply for the job of being the guy who goes out there just to fight their superstar, <laughs> but I suck at hockey so that we both have to go in the box. You're the goon. I'll be the goon. Yeah. Speed of things under the goon, emails. If you want to email us, feel free to do so. SurvivorTBT at gmail.com. Don't email Steven what gooning is. <laughs> I, okay, I know context-wise, but I don't know that anyone's ever specifically given me what this is, and I don't want to know. Yeah, just like we keep me pure from Survivor spoilers, we need to keep you pure from the world. (laughs) Anyway, email SurvivorTPT at gmail.com. Jumping into our first email, first from Josh. In regards to Chris's red shirt, they took the red shirt he already brought with and cut the sleeves off to make him look like a Southern stereotype. Oh, I hate that. After the Pearl Islands, production started getting much more involved in wardrobe. Ugh. What a weird season to do that after because that's the season where they told them, no, no, we're at a photo shoot. <laughs> Just to show how forgettable Ashley is, when they reference her in a future season along with a flashback, they spell her name wrong. Hilarious. That's really funny. Also, Rob not wanting to interview Chris for a podcast was back when he was doing it as a hobby and probably didn't have time to interview everybody. Oh, fair. He did interview him two years later. Okay. We got to it eventually. Sure. Yeah. From Carl, Carl's episode two email. Yeah, I had no idea they cut Wanda scenes from the Paramount Plus version. It makes sense, I guess, but now the only time she talks is when she's on the boat going home. 
Yeah, honestly, after watching the scene with the singing, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because I don't think any of those songs were copywritten. <laughs> those seemed like things she was making up on the spot. Yeah, they they seem like parody songs. Which but, is covered. Which is, is fine. I don't know. Maybe they're just like, I don't want to even deal with this. And they yeah, I out. wouldn't be surprised if they just have a, a carte blanche rule. Like, we're just going to cut every single thing that is music that we do not own. That's fair. Uh, picture the episode. Bobby John uh, on the barrels. trying to hold on to that barrel. His it, chest looks fucked up, like so far because of that like you can tell her like he scarred and healed it i i don't know why they used like these oil drum barrels because it does look like that was the cause of the damage 100 percent. and I, he might have tetanus i'm i guarantee you that's on the list of vaccines they have to get before they can come to the <laughs> island that is true world war ii theme probably oh yeah good point Bobby John is a perfect, modest, unassuming Southern gentleman until a challenge happens, and then he goes absolutely apeshit. Such a Jekyll and Hyde character, and I love it. Yes. This will come as no surprise, but Ian said they were out there for like three hours a day, every day, looking for that box of flint. How, how many days did it take them? So, I feel like the show leads us to believe... It's the next day. It's the next day. But I, I don't know that that's the case. Huh. It can't be more than like two days maybe three because mm-hmm. of by the time they get to the next media challenge they have fire right weird although i think the shooting schedule they don't say it though the challenge schedule doesn't seem to be well it's the same episode and i don't think they i, I can't imagine that they would cut stuff that happened after an immunity challenge several days later and put it earlier in the season maybe i don't see why you would do that they can get I, away with it because they, they haven't dropped anyone. That's true. I just don't see why they would unless they're trying to be like, Kuror was perfect at everything. But it it just that just seems kind of unlikely to me. Mm-hmm. I guess someone will write in if that's if that's the case. The other thing I did want to point out with that though is the shooting schedule has not been normalized. Like most time it's really easy to tell, like, okay, day off reward immunity, day mm-hmm. off reward immunity. One of the challenges somebody on Oolong, I think it was last episode, was like, we were expecting a challenge tomorrow, but now suddenly it's today. Yeah. And so I don't. they could be fucking with it all over the place, for all I know. That's fair. Yeah, they they do seem to be playing with it a little more. It, it was very formulaic at the beginning of Survivor. Yeah. And at this point, they're like, I don't know, keep you on your toes, I guess. It could have to do with building schedules or weather or, like, what the fuck ever. But yeah. yeah. Things I liked. James saying, come on, to punctuate sentences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kobe pausing to get centered before doing the obstacle course and then falling off in less time than it took for him to get centered. I forgot to talk about that. Yeah, that was that was fucking gold. I loved it. It was really funny. Anytime you set yourself up for like this is a big moment, you better make it. This is a great season. Like it's so jam-packed that I'm missing things every episode because yeah. there's just so much to talk about. Yeah. From Tyler Tyler says the Examiner ranked Vanuatu at 21st out of 30. Entertainment okay. Weekly has it ranked as the seventh worst season, okay. with the only season so far below being Thailand, which it has as the fourth worst. That scares me. <laughs> uh, I, I can see the argument for it. I don't agree after the host merge, but I can see why it wouldn't be everyone's cup of tea. It was ranked 31st out of 40 by the Purple Rock podcast. Zap to it ranked it as the third worst season. The Rob has a podcast listeners ranked it 17th out of 30 in 2015 okay. and 23rd out of 40 in the 2021 update. Okay. Inside Survivor ranked it at 22nd out of 40. So what I'm getting here is its peak is like mid is like yeah. middle of the rank and it's and some people think it should be like way at the bottom. Yeah. 
It's like high bottom third. Yeah. Typically. Which is funny because I have it. Or or in the middle. I probably have it higher than all of those then. But we have a lot more seasons to go. That's true. We got a lot of good seasons to go. Yeah. I think the only ones I have it ahead of right now, or I have ahead of it right now, were Amazon and Borneo. Mm. And Pearl Islands. We do have some bad seasons to go. That's it. Mm. And it'll happen. Chris actually did do the interview with Rob Has a Podcast in 2012. Great. A correction. It was actually Ibrahim that voted for Kim, not Stephanie. He oh. felt like he couldn't vote for Ashley because she was the one who picked him to be on Oh, the that's right. Yeah. Good, oh. Good catch, Tyler. Yeah, good catch. My bad. Way to go. From Josh. Just a thought I had when rewatching this season alongside Australian Survivor's 11th season is that this season feels so much like an Australian season. That won't mean anything to you, but maybe someone else will find that interesting. Okay. So this, as in Palau, feels like Australian Survivor. Interesting. Okay. If that's the case, I can see why people really like Australian Survivor. Mm, Okay. And then one last email here. We got one Carl's episode three email. A note I forgot to add from before. The Survivor Historians podcast I've mentioned a couple times has a running gag that the Ashby line, basically the idea is you can replace any character with Ashley Ashby from Palau, one of the most irrelevant castaways ever and not significantly change the season. That character is below the Ashby line. So if you can take him out. Oh, I see. I see. So this is this is in football a while back. There was something called the the Joe or the uh, the Dalton line, which was this is back when Andy Dalton was the starting quarterback of the Bengals. If your quarterback was better than Joe Dalton, you had your starter. If your quarterback was worse than Joe or Andy, Andy Dalton, Jesus Christ, I'm thinking of Joe Burrow now. He's actually <laughs> really great. If your if your quarterback is better than Andy Dalton, you have your starter. If your quarterback is worse than Andy Dalton, you have to replace him. So that's that. Yeah. Okay. If you can replace. That's interesting. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else on this season that falls below the Ashley line so far. And it's hard to say because Kroor hasn't had to vote anybody out. So we don't know right. who we're going to get more of before they go home. I have one in mind, but I don't want to say. Sure. That's fair. I'm sure there will be at least one more. There's just too many people on Kroor. Yeah. We have the pictures of the episode. It's more Bobby John being uh, so dramatic at challenges. It's yeah. one underwater, kind of. One... <laughs> Head in the air, screaming to the gods, and one just looks like he's a piranha trying to snap at somebody on the platform. All in all, great. Bobby John is the pre-evolved form of Rupert before he learned self-control. That's a good comparison. <laughs> and again, I say this with Bobby's, Bobby John. Bobby John is such a competitor, and I love it so much. Yeah, I mean, and like I think the first couple of days the adrenaline was still pretty high with him, or at least when they grabbed him for confessionals, it was because now he's so chill when he's not in challenges. Yeah. He might also just be depressed. Could be that too. (laughs) Yes. The other Jonathan note was about him probably saying the N word. I held off because the story doesn't end with him. Jolanda heavily implied that it was both him and Jeff, the contestant. Yikes. The contestant, not Jeff Probst. I, I figured. Yeah. That said it to her at the pre-jury lodge. The exact way she worded it is actually a little spoilery, but yeah. Suffice to say, she doesn't say their names, but they are the only two that fit the category she gives. Interesting. Not only did they apparently call her the N-word, but they got into a fight that was so intense she had to grab pool cues to defend herself. 
Jesus. The pre-jury Ponderosa trip later got split into three groups, as someone else mentioned. Holy cow. What's so funny about that is, like, Jeff seems like such a chill guy on screen that, like, if you told me that a contestant got in such a heated argument that they had to be somebody had to defend themselves at the pool queue, I'd be like, oh, what did Bobby John do? <laughs> or, like, what did James do? Like, Jeff wouldn't be in my top, like, four of that of who that could be. Interesting. Wild. Yeah, that is true. I, I feel like from what we see from Jeff, he's just like, oh, team, guys, like, let's let's be good. Yeah. Right before Micronesia fan versus favorites, Propes did an interview for People magazine where they asked him about fan favorites he'd want to bring back. He mentioned a couple no-brainer stars, not going to say their names, before getting to Jeff Wilson from Palau. Okay. The term fan favorite Jeff Wilson became a little meme because literally no one then or now cared about Jeff Wilson from Palau. Jeff is a fan, and he is a fan of Jeff. Hey, we got to have our quota, our quota of Jeffs. No, we our quota of Jeffs is one, and it's the host. <laughs> Stop casting other Jeffs or make them take a fake name. This immunity challenge is great and also probably number one on my list of challenges that I would never want to do ever. Yeah. Stephanie started to get super popular after this immunity challenge. Go on. I feel like you, I cut you off there. Oh, I was just going to say that like it reminds me of conditioning drills. We it does. Wrestling in high school. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yep. Things I liked, the way James pronounces sexuality. The way James pronounces a lot of things is funny. <laughs> and not the rest of what he said. Not, yeah. Not, not the rest of it. We'll have either. more of that this episode. Tom's bit about how if people saw a shark in Long Island, they'd run away. But here, everyone runs into the water with sticks in their hands. <laughs> I don't know. Long Island kind of scares me. I think they. I think at least some crazy Long Island people would be like, ah! Shout out to our Long Island fans. I know we have at least one. I'll get a text from him in a little bit. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Propes saying, ah, yeah, good old-fashioned cat fight. Propes, you're on TV, you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also forgot that one because, again, there's just so much in every episode. Yeah. I thought I would enjoy this season on rewatch, but I'm enjoying it even more than I expected to. Hmm. Good characters, good challenges, good storylines. Yep. And that's all the emails. So, Jared, anything else? No, I mean, just piggybacking off that, It so far this season is very polished. I don't think I want every season to be this polished. There is something of value in how mundane and a little boring the people of Vanuatu were. By that, and by that, I mean the cast of Vanuatu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that makes it sound like I was talking about the people that live there. <laughs> not not the locals of Vanuatu. The it, I, I hope that future seasons are somewhere in the middle, but this Palau feels like the first next step po- in All-Star, or post-All-Stars in Survivor. Like, this feels like this is where they jumped off from All-Stars to make it better, and Vanuatu just was a weird, like, lost season almost sure yeah bumper all right so this episode came out on march 10th of 2005 literally nothing happened the week between episodes (laughs) except a large number of d-list important people died of cancer at various ages that is a weird phenomenon people i've never heard of so i picked one that i thought would be fun and I'm gonna have I'm gonna play a game with Steven here. Steven, you're gonna try to guess the next word in the sentence. I can only imagine that this is gonna be wild. Jeanette Schmid, Austrian. What's the next word? Uh, I'm assuming it's her job. 
Austrian televangelist. Austrian transsexual. Oh, okay. What's the next word? Murdered. Austrian transsexual professional. Uh, accordionist. Whistler. Oh, I was not too far off on that You were not. Jean- Jeanette Schmid, Austrian transsexual professional whistler, cool. dies at 80. What a wild job. What a wild job. Uh, that's how little there was in the Week Machine episodes. I was like, I'm just going to pick the person that has the most wild, like, one-sentence bio. There it is. <laughs> uh, the top song was still Candy Shop. The top five movies were Constantine, Million Dollar Baby, Hitch, be Cool, which is the one we're going to talk about, and Pacifier. Stephen, have you heard of Be Cool? I don't know Be Cool. What is this? I had also never heard of Be Cool. Having made the transition from gangster to movie producer, Chili Palmer, John Travolta, <laughs> is ready for the next big move. Setting his sights on the music industry, Palmer enters a precarious business that has more than just temperamental musicians. Russian mobsters, rival producers, and hitmen are out to bring him down. From witnessing the murder of his friend, James Woods, to romancing a music executive's widow, Uma Thurman. Oh, another John Travolta, Uma Thurman movie. It seems as though it might all fall apart, but Palmer has his ways. What do you think this is rated on Rotten Tomatoes, Stephen? Okay, Jared. I'm thinking this is better than my brain is giving it. We've had a lot of crap lately, Mm -hmm. so I'm going to go with... A critic score of 82. An audience score. I feel like you're already. I'm just waiting. Audience score of 69. Nice. Nice. Uh, no. <laughs> That's all I'm thinking. Just no. No. Okay. It's an audience score of 30. Oh. <laughs> or no, sorry. A critic score of 30. An audience score of 42. Oh. It's... It was set up for like Oscar baiting material. Yeah, but it could all, it's John Travolta, so it could also be a, a bad musical. Uh, it does not seem to be a musical, although it's about the music industry, so maybe it could be, I guess. Yeah, the even seasons of Survivor are going to have worse movies come out alongside of it than the odd seasons. Heard. Summer block or summer and fall movies, and I guess like winter movies, better than spring. Yeah. Yeah. People go to the movies in the holidays. Yep. Cool. Anything else? That is all. All right, then let's get into the episode. Episode four, Sumo at Sea, Pigs in Space. <laughs> Jared, general vibes. How are we feeling so far this season? General vibes? I mean, I, I kind of said it in the before the bumper. You did. I, I really like this season. Okay. I really like Karor. I also, like, they're not perfect. We see a little bit of, of, of Alliance's start to form Mm -hmm. we've had no reason to form them thus far that is fair because we've only lost two challenges and they've both been rewards (laughs) that is also true yeah let's i want to take a stab here who have you latched on to who do you like the most from karor so far i mean i love ian okay i love tom okay karen is interesting i need to see more of her Mm -hmm. jen is a ghost (laughs) Jen doesn't seem to exist so I'm excited to see who she is Katie kind of bores me Willard I think could be interesting okay but we don't know enough about him and I like Greg I like the three himbos we we like the himbos we like the himbos did we touch everyone Uh, we don't know all we don't know a lot of the women on 
Karor, unfortunately, in depth, in detail. Sure. And that is actually something, too, that I, I, I want to... Janu. Yeah, Janu. Kobe. Oh, yeah, Kobe. I like Kobe, too, actually. I like most of them. Yeah. I'm sure I'll find reasons to not like them once they have more... Like, to not like some of them, like, when we see more of them. I also don't want to discount the fact that this season is higher quality, for sure, without a doubt. I also think the story is being told better because this is a pretty male-dominated season. Last season was pretty dominated by women. I don't think the editors were very good at telling their story. I don't think the editors were, like, who, who do you think is in the editing and writing room for Survivor. A lot of white guys. Probably a, yeah, probably a lot of men. And I don't think that they have that they did a good job of capturing the interpersonal dynamics between the women that existed in Vanuatu and we know existed from the the end of the season and the interviews and all of that. But this season is much more broy. <laughs> yeah, and, it is. And and in not just in its cast and who's being focused on, in its setup and and how physically demanding it is and how yeah. the challenges are set up. So this is an easier season for Survivor to do right Okay, because of that. That makes sense. Cool. So episode opened up and Oolong is is upset, obviously. They're, yeah. I can't, lost so many times. I can't believe we haven't lost anyone. Or I can't believe they haven't lost anyone. They're a weak-ass team, they say, of Karor. They're sure not. They're, they sure are not. You have lost almost everything to them. They cannot be a weak ass team. <laughs> I I also want to say that I think that they are in, this tribe is incredibly lucky that their name is Oolong and also a T, because otherwise they've done so badly on when Survivor was still so popular, it could have become a common phrase. Uh, they got Oolonged, right? Like or be like like the, the 2008 Detroit Lions. Like it'd be like yeah. mentioned like that of like, wow, like when your group's so fucking bad, like. You're you're an oolong, but like that's a T, so people would never do that. What what would they have to do to hit that point? I here's a question. Yeah. How many more immunity challenges after this episode do you think are till the merge? Like I know that you know the answer, but like in a in a typical season, how many would you think if they if it wasn't this one sided? Well they usually get to around like ten? Ten or eleven people. Yeah. So right now we have what fourteen. Because uh-huh. we have nine on Oolong, five or nine on Karor, five on Oolong. Uh-huh. They could get down to one Oolong person left if they don't pull the trigger on a merge earlier. Sure. Or two. Like or like at that point, yeah, that would become and if the word wasn't Oolong, yeah, I think it'd become like a like a pop culture <laughs> thing of like, look how fucking bad these people are. What would they do in that scenario? Like how I have no idea. I I will say this is the season where I think it could that that could happen and they might let it happen uh-huh. because so so many of the challenges are individual even though they're team based like the the sumo challenge. Mm-hmm. That's an individual challenge. Correct. You can run that even if you only have two people. Mm-hmm. So I I guess they could just pivot to doing that and just make them so that any number of people can compete in them. Okay. Fun. Would there have to be any, like, special accommodations to, if you're just, I guess, absorbing a tribe of one? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, I, cause you would get into uncharted territory because then you would get to a point where two people can't vote for each other. 
Oh, oh, you mean like that? Yeah. Well, Ooh. There's that, but also like, yeah, if if you are just two people going to tribal council, what do you do? That's a good question. I I, I guess you'd have to do like a, a challenge, like do like uh, yeah. a fire making challenge or something. Yeah. I don't I don't know. They haven't really done fire making, so I I guess that wouldn't be it. And it you'd have to use your final three challenge. <laughs> Who that would be interesting. Or have the other tribe come in and vote. Sure. Somebody like, somebody else picks. Yeah. I don't know. That it's or one of them just decides to go home. I don't know. <laughs> I do I feel like at that point, if you've fought and clawed and scratched to get to that point, I don't think you would want to just give up. I and like we're joking about it, but like those questions are not joke. We're talking about like logistically. Those questions you're asking me could be leading questions because this could happen. It, I, I could. I mean, you're good enough at hiding it that I, I'm not reading it. That's not what I'm reading from it. I don't sure. even try because because you're good at this. But like, this is this isn't. <laughs> this has the possibility of not just being a thought exercise. The people at home can be listening to this right now and be like, "That's going to happen," and it's going to be so much worse or it's going to be so different from how like Jared's describing it right now. Like I have no idea. We just draw a name out of a hat and that person goes yeah, home. Do you, do you do rocks? Oh God, that would be miserable. Yeah. But so is losing every single immunity challenge. That's fair. Honestly, at that point, send them both home. <laughs> send them both. Send them both home. You know what? You, you guys suck. Go you home. don't deserve it. <laughs> okay, cool. There's plenty of season left. Yeah. So hold that thought. Tree mail. We get a tree mail and it tells you, all right, pick a captain. So we have two very different reactions to this. One, on Karor, everyone wants to do it. I want to be the captain. I want to be the captain. And so the Tom kind of steers it to a point where it's like, so Gregory in? Gregory in? Gregory in? And all the ladies are like, well, what the fuck? All the, yeah, all the ladies and Colby. Yeah. Oh, true. Because Colby also wanted Colby, to go. Colby also wanted. Yeah. Yeah. What? What about me? Oh, uh, yeah. And all the uh, there's one. It's so it's the alliance that Colby or Kobe describes is Tom, Ian, Greg, and then two women. But I don't know who the two women were. Was it? Was it Katie and Jen? I think it was Katie and Jen. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Because I know. I know. Yeah. Okay. Because it was Kobe, Willard. Janu and Karen and Karen. Yeah, yeah. Okay. God, that's too many people. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and I give credit to Kobe for taking this moment and taking it in. Cause it's so easy to look past this as, yeah. Oh, it's just a vote. It doesn't really matter, but no, he's seeing this. He's recognizing I may be in trouble here. I think Kobe is underestimated and could go pretty far in this game. Okay. I underestimated him. Like, I didn't think he was going to do well in this immunity challenge at all. I, not for the reasons that James doesn't think not, he was going to do yeah, well. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a whole other uh, thing that we're going to get to. Um, and I didn't think, from his day one, when he, like, f- didn't take Angie, I was like, wow, he's, this guy might be kind of an idiot. <laughs> but astute observation. And v- vice versa, on Oolong, no one wants to be this captain. They stare at each other, they're like, um... I nominate Stephanie. Well, uh, what about Kim? Kim should be a captain. Uh, what about, what about, they what about? They need a leader so badly. They do. Which is weird because I feel like Stephanie has main character syndrome, but doesn't want to lead. Like, she always wants to be the one making decisions. Like, she wants to, she wants to go after, she wants to keep Ashley and go after Kim. 
She wants to keep Jeff and go <laughs> after Kim. She doesn't want, like, I think, I don't remember who it was, but, like, doesn't necessarily want James to be the captain, but doesn't want to do it herself. Sure. So I, that is very frustrating. It's probably very frustrating to live with, although she's charismatic enough and it doesn't seem like she rubs people the wrong way that they might not even really know that's what's going on. She's, she's a star. She sticks out to me, but also, like, she does not work well in a team together. She she does not want a leader, and she does not want to be the leader. And your tribe needs a leader. Yeah. In her defense, though, she was anti-leader with Jolanda, and we kept that going. And yeah. if she then steps up as the leader, then it's like, but but you you said you that was, got rid of— That was like 10 days ago. That's that doesn't matter anymore. That's fair. And also, I don't think Jolanda was a good leader for this tribe or any tribe. <laughs> anyway, they're like, uh, we don't, we can't make a decision. Let's go fishing. Why do you all need to go fishing? Because, Jared. Because. And we get some Star Wars music <laughs> and a giant barge with a Home Depot. Yeah, this, this is the most heroic music we've ever heard on Survivor, and it's just to bring in the Home Depot barge. Yeah. It's very strange, and Jeff rocks up to Karori. He's like, "All right, so your your job here, you got to build a bathroom and a shower, and whoever makes the best one is going to be judged by by our who was it? The his it's, name was Jesse. Yeah, he's the like lead set builder. Yeah, or like he builds all the challenges. He's like their lead. He, Jesse has a degree in construction management, and he's sure. picking the winner. Okay. Do you think that they just they had a local, and for whatever reason, the local couldn't do it? We've done this before, actually. Yeah, but they always had a local judge. No, I mean we've used somebody from the show before. I don't know. I was that. just once. I think it was the. I thought there was one because in Pearl Island, Pearl Islands, it was a local, and I think we did it again in. It was an earlier season. I think it might have been like Marquesas or something. Yeah, but that I, also Marquesas also was planned last minute. So I swear we've only used locals because it stuck out in my brain that like wait oh. I don't know I don't think Palau has locals. Oh hold on, I well you might be right, but I know what it was. We had like a drop master choose the winner of the SOS challenge. That's what it was. Yeah, I I don't think I think Palau is an un, uninhabited archipelago, so that also could be the reason. That could be. Yeah, I don't know. All in all, it's very jarring having Jesse, the one of the crew, just like picking who wins a challenge. Yeah, cool job though. Yeah. Anyway, the leader actually doesn't have to do a whole lot here. Why they did just, they have to pick a leader at all? I don't know. I think it was to put a little a little bit of frighten into them. Yeah. Maybe that. Do you also think maybe it was to nudge Oolong to get their shit together? Maybe. It, like, it definitely could be. Make them get a leader because they're like, these guys are fucking floundering. Because there's no reason why the, the tools couldn't have been a group consensus. I I think it was a drama thing that okay. if they pick someone who didn't have any idea what they were doing, that maybe they would choose terrible tools and they would have to deal with the consequences of picking these terrible tools. I but guess. for whatever reason, we picked two people with construction experience. Yeah. Also, like, the tools they picked are pretty obvious. Like, we don't even get to see what they are for the most part, but, like, axes and saws and hammers, like, that's not... One of them wasn't. There was, like, a full-on pickaxe going on. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I forgot about the pickaxe to, <laughs> to dig a hole. 
and the the really cool hatchet hammer combo that James grabbed. That was pretty, that was cool. pretty dope. Yeah. But like there aren't a lot of wrong options unless you're intentionally trying to choose wrong options. Fair. Okay. Anyway, Ian was the leader for Karor and his father owns a construction company. We rock up to Oolong. They're fishing. They found Nemo. And uh, Jeff's like, come on in, guys. So who's your leader? We, we, didn't, we didn't pick one. The gall for them to be like, no, Jeff, we wanted to ask you what the challenge yeah, was about it, first. Yeah, tell, tell me, what, what do they have to do? Like, no, 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 no. If, if he wanted you to know that, he would have told you before, like, in the tree mail. Hold up here. You didn't dis- – I explicitly told you to pick someone, and you disobeyed Jeff. It was really funny. It was pretty funny. And they're like, ah, oh, James. James is the leader. And luckily they did because James used to build houses. So he got to pick all the tools. What did you think of these two shelters? Well, first of all, I think it's fucking ridiculous that they're like, Jeff, contestant Jeff. Yeah. We're going to get you an ankle brace. But the next day, we're going to give you five tools to build an entire ass bathroom. Uh-huh. And then one of you will have a full construction crew build a shelter for you because I remember you said you were like well the argument is well you wouldn't have that if you were surviving and that is the argument that they would make Uh uh-huh you also wouldn't have a fucking construction crew (laughs) like just give the man an ankle brace I mean now that I know that he might have dropped the inward I don't give a shit but like logistically like come on anyway I mean the strength of Karor is that they use each person's individual strengths like if they're not good at something they don't make them try to do it they don't try to fit square pegs into round holes and they use what they're good at creatively. So, okay, cool. We'll make, like, a path that's decorated. We'll carve out, like, a sign for the bathroom. Like, these little touches of detail for the people that are participating that might not be very good builders. Uh-huh. And then you go over to Oolong. And it is all trying to fit square pegs into round holes. Like, they, they are not trying to specialize in any one thing. James is trying to make five copies of himself and gets mad when he's like, oh, well, Kim, we found something Kim can do. She can sit on our butt and sew. Well, that actually could be useful if you made it, if you thought outside the box and made it useful. Uh huh. And I don't think the structural stability is what won the challenge for Karor. It was the creativity. I think so too. I, the, the structural stability did not help the, the Oolong tribe yeah. as we get, Again, I wish I remembered the name of the guy who was doing the Pearl Islands one, who was just going around shaking yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, but doesn't matter. It's yeah. I think Jesse got this right. I think Karor was both the better built thing, but also the most fun and creative. Yeah. The adjustable shower got it for me. That was pretty cool. I was like, oh, cool. And, and the the cool thing about this challenge is that honestly, both teams win. Like, yeah. you don't win you don't win at all, but, like... You still get a bathroom out yeah, of it. Yeah, get a bathroom and a shower. Yeah. Like, that's that's pretty nice. And let's be honest. Like, they're going to merge in, at most, what, like, there's four, four more people that need to go home. So, three, six, nine, like, 12-ish days. Damn, you're fine. <laughs> like, that sucks, but, like, eventually you're going to have that shelter, too. Sure. Yeah, so... Karor wins, and their reward for this is getting the construction crew to build them a shelter. And a nice-ass shelter, too. Jared, is this the most OP reward ever? No, but it's up there. Okay. 
I mean, the first one that will always probably be the most OP that wasn't even technically a reward is the first episode of Pearl Islands. <laughs> Fair. That's That will always be the top, I think. Yeah, that makes sense to me. But there's been some other really, really important ones, too. I mean, this isn't the first time that they've... Like, the, the All-Stars won, like, sure, they didn't have the construction crew build a shelter for them, but, like... Boston Rob built a pretty comparable shelter to the construction crew. That's fair. But yeah, it's a huge boon to a tribe that didn't need it. And James has the gall, the audacity to be like, ah, oh, it's probably just because they haven't won one yet. Like, that's probably why they, they won, won a reward challenge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I forget who it was. I think it was Stephanie who was like, they've won so many things. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, it's it's crazy to me. Like, that copium is so unhinged also ibrahim this a lot this ep- this whole episode is like head down and like it's on the fishing boat it's it's like in camp and i can't tell if he's just like depressed on the boat i can't tell if maybe he was praying i don't know but there's like there's something i can't get a read on ibrahim at all anyway mm. and now he's like not even like showing us his face half the time sure there is a really good shot though of like when they're waiting for the boat to come back and it's James and Ibrahim both just like standing in like shin deep water, like just staring down at the water being like, so it wasn't us, huh? Hmm. <laughs> the waiting would be torturous. I think the funny, funniest part of this was at Oolong. They're coming back. They'll be back. Yeah. I swear they'll be. It, it's not sunset yet. They're, they're going to be back. They always come back. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on stuff that happened in there, so I'll try to rile them off because I know sure, we're going to go ahead. along because, God, the season's so good. Yeah. I can respect that Karen hates having like um, having Tom be like the man leader. I, I get it, especially because like, she, she's, she has a kick-ass profession. I'm sure she's kick-ass at it. You need one strong leader for a challenge. The rest of the time, I agree with you. If you want to be like a little more like, oh, don't, don't step over people, but like, the final product is pretty collaborative. A creative challenge, you need a leader. Correct. Steph just can't seem to get along with fucking anybody. <laughs> I also want to... I, I do want to give James a little bit of a break in how he handles the tribe, because he did not ask to be in this position. He explicitly did not want to be a leader, and he's trying to step up, and he's bad at it. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, don't be fucking sexist. <laughs> don't be sexist. Or homophobic. I am a building... <laughs> Oh, yeah, and Kim, every season we have a lazy person that, like, I, I sometimes I'm like, wow, that person seems lazy, and sometimes I'm like, that just seems like editing. Kim seems really fucking lazy. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I mean, maybe that's selective shots, but everyone seems to think that. Especially because this tribe has, we, we've talked, and from the perspective of Bobby John, everyone is lazy, but even everyone else is like, mm, Kim. Come on. Yeah. And also, it seems like they get to keep the tools after the challenge is done. Yeah. So you can just build your own nicer shelter. You still that have is, the tools to do it. That is true. That's another reason why I don't think this reward's <laughs> entirely OP. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And then that's... We jump right into immunity after this. So do you have any other thoughts? Uh, no. I, okay. Pacing-wise, I was getting a little worried because this goes on for a while. Yeah. And I was like... I was getting that feeling in my gut of like... Oh, this is an episode where somebody gets voted out. This is an episode where something happens, isn't it? 
Oh, I see what you're saying. Because I was like, we've been on this. We spent a lot of time on this. And the last time that happened was also a shelter challenge. That oh, It was Sue point. and All-Stars. So I was like, ooh. Like, I was just getting, like, flashbacks and being like. And then they showed the challenge. And I was like, so who gets medevaced? Let's, let's find out who gets medevaced. So in this immunity challenge, we have one-on-one, essentially, fights where you're pushing someone off of a floating platform and you have a little, like, almost like a blocking pad for football. Yeah. You have to keep both hands on the bag at all times. You cannot use your feet. Don't use your feet. Yeah, just don't, yeah, don't fucking kick people. But it was weird how, like, in detail, they, like, don't, you can't do it. Yeah, I mean, I think this is one where you don't want any ambiguity on the rules whatsoever. That's a, that's a good point. Oh, I did have one thing I missed, which was James has a confessional at night. and like, At night. At night. But, like, you can hear other people talking behind him, like, mm-hmm. at camp, which is just always jarring. Like, I know it's not a secret confessional. Like, it's one where he's just talking about, like, how much it sucks. But it's like, wow, you can see and hear people. <laughs> I think it's harder to get away from night confessionals because – Especially in this season where you've already lost someone to a night injury. Yeah. So you probably don't want to go too far. Yeah, can you imagine if, like, Jeff had rolled his ankle because production went to interview him and he followed them and rolled his ankle? Yeah. That'd be pretty shitty. Yeah, so we do one-on-one fights. First up is Tom Bobby John. Tom (laughs) scrapes himself off the platform for a win there. The idol does really look like Willard. (laughs) Oh, no. I I looked for it. (laughs) Okay, well, yeah. Yeah, I was shocked that Tom won both of these bouts with Bobby John. I honestly, when when I was having that thought of like, oh no, somebody probably gets medevaced, and then it was Tom versus Bobby John, I went, is Tom going to be Tom. okay? <laughs> uh, Steph pretty easily wipes the floor with Jen both yeah. times. Yeah. No, no, no woman on this season is going to beat Steph at that challenge. Yeah. Maybe Angie. Maybe. Greg beats Ibrahim because Ibrahim loses the bag the first time. Yeah. Angie pretty easily beats Karen. Both times. Kobe easily beats James the first time. That one, I mean, that one was a surprise to me. I kind of thought James would be really strong. Not that I thought Kobe would necessarily be weak. It's also a lot about leverage and height and limbs as well. So I guess that helps Kobe a lot. Yeah. Janu pretty easily beats Kim... We go around again. Bobby John, Tom wins one more time. Yep. Steph wins on the old uh, th- whoopsie whoopsie doodles. Uh, Greg beats Ibrahim, or no, Ibrahim beats Greg yeah. to make it 5 4. Angie once again wipes the floor. Dominates. She's Karen. so riled up. She's like, I don't want to go back to tribal council. And her words get kind of like no, caught up. No, the first up. time she said, I don't want to go back to immunity. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go back to immunity. I mean, uh, tribal council. You, my exclamation doesn't work if I trip over my words. Yeah, but that's fine. I get it. The sentiment so was there. The challenge beasts of this season. If you're just looking at cast photos, uh-huh. you'd be like, Ibrahim, Jeff, Bobby, John. Yep. The actual challenge beasts: Tom, Greg, Steph, and Angie. Yes. Every correct. challenge, those people overperform. Correct. wow so then we get to a a final sudden death james versus kobe and it was it was a good fight it was a good fight like both had chances to win it both couldn't really uh 
finish the the deal at points. I love at one point, I, I can't remember who, I think it was Kobe, had like the full-on pillow murderer over <laughs> top of them. Yeah. Like, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. But yeah, the uh, the old shoulder push by Kobe just kind of like nudges, nudges him, him off the platform They're, is what gets it. These challenges are so violent. And I like, don't get me wrong, I like watching them. Like, <laughs> blood sport's fun. I'm not going to lie. I might not advocate for it, but if it's going to be on TV, I'm going to like it. I, I feel like the game is so tribal and personal because of them. Like, I don't think, I mean, obviously, these tribes are not close to even numbers wise. But if they were and they got to emerge, I think we'd see very similar to, I mean, I guess Vanuatu ended up being this way too, but like very similar to Borneo, Australia, Africa type tribalism again, because these people fucking hate each other. They do. I think Bobby John really respects Tom. And that's like the only cross tribe, like (laughs) non animosity there is like these people like actively fucking hate each other, which is why when we were going to this challenge and there was like, I was worried about a medevac. I was like, does somebody just like, lose it and beat the shit out of a contestant get like, <laughs> or like maybe not medevac but like thrown off the show because yeah. like tempers are so high yeah that's not outside the realm of possibility either even angie who was like i'm on the wrong tribe i don't vibe with these people i wish i was with the other ones is so angry and just yelling at these other people yeah there is no love lost no, and, and losing over and over and over again. Does, oh, absolutely! Does not help that. I do not like losing over and over and over again. I would feel the same. So <laughs> then we get into what I'm going to call bad feelings, playful homophobia. Yeah, yeah. Well, the first sentiment is like, "Wow, James really lost that for us," which I don't think is fair. I don't think she, it's like, fair either. James, sure, James did lose both bouts. The second one is a very close bout. Ibrahim lost one. Bobby John lost both of them. Yeah. Like, and I think that is a little bit underlying homophobia of like, well, yeah, he lost to Tom, though. Not exactly. I think people underestimated Kobe and was like, oh, you have to beat him. Like I did. I was surprised Ian sat out. I was like, wow. And and then like I actually got to see Kobe standing up there with the bag even before he fought James. I was like, he's actually bigger than I thought he was. And Ian's kind of a scrawny motherfucker. Like I think Ian would have been bodied much easier than Kobe. I agree. Except the length might have helped him. He's a little, I think he's a little Maybe. taller than Kobe. But still, yeah, like, this this segment of, like, it's weird because, like, James is almost there where he's, like, he's giving him some respect because he got bodied, I think. Yeah. And and because, like, I think, like, genuinely he's like, wow, I my worldview got rocked a little bit because mm-hmm. I just got beat by a, a gay hairdresser. Like, James... I don't know where he lives or anything like that. There's a possibility in 2005 that James had never met an out gay person before. Okay, yeah. I was going to stop you, and then you said out gay person. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, there you go. Yeah, so there, like, it, there's, it's weird. Like, yes, there's homophobia laced in there, but it's also weirdly almost wholesome because he's like, wow, I, I was wrong this whole time. Yeah. But then we spin it in a way that makes it not so nice because yeah. he's like, yeah, I got I got whooped by a homosexual. And you know what? I, I thought I could do it, but, you know, there's kind of a reason for it. All of them go to the gym all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you were so close. You were so close. You almost had it, and then we lost it. Oh, yeah. And then we kind of have the pity party here of I've never lost this bad, and – 
Stephanie and Angie are like, this sucks. This really sucks. We're doing our part, but this sucks. So what do we do here? Do we get rid of our obvious weak link or do we move to protect ourselves? This is the worst feint I think we've ever seen. (laughs) Okay. I did not believe for one goddamn second that they were not going to vote off Kim. Sure. None of this matters. Kim is a liability. Last episode, it was, do we vote off the guy who has one working leg or Kim? Like, there's no world. <laughs> and then even then, it would be a tie, right? So, like, yep. then you're, you're going to go to rocks to defend a person who's not going to help you win a challenge. To when defend you've lost, Kim. When you've lost every single challenge up until, or every single immunity challenge up until this point? No. Yeah, there's also something to be said where if you force a 3-3 tie and then you back down, you're sending a, a signal to the rest of your people that you don't want to work with them. Yeah, then you're making yourself the target. Like, right now, with this vote, it's not, like, it is not gendered. It is not a foregone conclusion that, like, a show tries to make us think that they think it is, Mm -hmm. that they're just going to take the women out one after another. They also saw that the women won those, have been kicking ass in the challenges. Yeah. They want to stop losing. They're they're for sure not getting rid of Angie or Stephanie anytime soon. No, like, James is probably the next vote off. Maybe Ibrahim. Mm-hmm. Because Ibrahim's soul seems to slowly be crushed. (laughs) Yeah. So that conversation happened. And then we have a different conversation where James is talking to Kim. He's like, you know what? We don't need to talk about our votes. We don't need to tell each other who we're voting for. We should just keep it to ourselves. Why say this at all? Because Kim, I don't know why. I think James felt a little vulnerable. He, he was reeling from that challenge. That's true. That's fair. And despite how obvious it was to everyone else, I don't know that it was so obvious to him. I, I just think the harder you try to control people from talking, the more likely you are to go home. Yes. And I have an amazing example that I cannot use, but boy, am I excited when it happens. Okay. We got to wait a long time, okay. but there is... There is a prime example of that, and okay. I cannot wait. So we 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 just talk for a while, and then we go to tribal. This tribal feels like a fucking intervention. <laughs> it does a little bit. First of all, Jeff being like, I saved your seats from last time. He's mad at them. Yeah, what the fuck, guys? Why are you here? I'm sick of you. It. This didn't feel like a, okay, so what are you guys going to do? It felt like, okay, so how how do we save you? How do, what can I tell you or get you to talk about that will make you have a plan on how to make this stop happening? <laughs> how do we stop the bleeding, old Oolong? Honestly, it, it's a pity party because Bobby Don's like, I've, I've let the tribe down. I think my head's on the chopping block. No, no it's don't. not. No, you don't. No, it's not. <laughs> and then we go after Kim. And. Kim, Jeff asked Kim, so, like, what do you do? Do you go out fishing? He's like, you know, we all go out fishing. We went out together. And it's like, so you you got in, you fished. He's like, no, 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 no. I sat in the boat. So you didn't fish. No, I, I, I was there. I was along for the ride. But you didn't fish. No. Well, no, Steph and I can't just row out there alone. I think you can, actually. I think you can. You don't want to go individually, but... Well, no, I don't think one person can row that canoe. But an outrigger by yourself, I don't. I think it's too big. But two people, yeah, you. the two of you actually can 
regardless or not you could take turns you could give the sling a shot yeah try something kim yeah she does have a really interesting comment though because jeff kind of pivots it to like well the women won today like sure kim lost one bout but like four of your five wins were from the women so what the fuck and kim has a uh a bit where she says yeah it, the men are a weak link which no kim you're the weak link but she says if we had stronger if we had men who were stronger yeah and had more passion and control of that passion we would have won I don't and that, that stuck out to me sure because we mentioned Bobby John being um, just coked to the gills in meth and challenges. The dude sees red. And that is not cohesive for team challenges. And it's probably not just him, right? It's pro- It probably is a shot at all three of them. I think that there's something to that. Like, staying—James talks about earlier in the episode. Like, when people panic is why things get behind. Yep. And I think— it's almost become a little bit like the Chinese handcuffs that you have. Like the more you pull, the worse it gets. Uh huh. They're so desperate for a win that everyone's panicking, and it's just it's so just it's a death spiral. All right, and you had a good good point. Like we transition into the the gender talk for a little bit to end this, and he's like, "Yeah, you're right. The the ladies are strong here. So, ladies, could you survive without the men out here? Like, could you just?" If you cut them, are you going to be okay? They're like, yeah, of course. We're fucking fine. Yeah. I, I f- actually found the question kind of condescending. It, it, it is. Absolutely. But I think I think that was a producer one. Like, get them to say it. Yeah. Get them to d- d- throw the dividing line in there because we have this storyline. You don't need a division within that tribe line. It just, like, you need the, – the only story right now that matters – in this season right now is they have to stop the bleeding. Yeah. Nothing else matters. Anyone can see. Nothing really matters. So, yeah, it is a clean sweep. Kim is gone. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. I missed the one quote that I should have ended this with. Kobe got some ass behind him. God damn it, James. I know. <laughs> I know he didn't mean it that way. Maybe it's a Freudian, Freudian slip. It is very funny. It's so stupid. <laughs> uh, anyway, Kim's gone. Yeah. Uh, what, do, how, what do we think about Kim? I don't think Kim was made for Survivor, <laughs> frankly. Okay, the list of things she did wrong. Well, first of all, she's always going to be an early target because she is not good at challenges at all. Doesn't really seem like she tries to be. Immediately jumped into a showmance that put a target on her head. Uh-huh from what we see, does not really contribute around camp. We don't really see people cooking or, like, making or, like, doing anything with food this season. Maybe she does. I don't know. But, like, we don't... According to everyone on the tribe, she's also lazy. I... This doesn't... She should be on Big Brother. Like, this is not the show for her. But I also didn't necessarily see, like, any strategizing from her. And she made a massive social blunder on, like, day three. So I, I actually think she made it farther than she normally would. <laughs> like, I don't think she's ever a first boot because a lot of first boots, there's like an objective reason why they need to go. Mm-hmm. Joe this season was a thorn in people's sides in the way that she communicated with them rightly or wrongly. There, of course, there's always the guy that controls holes. 
but she's probably like usually a second vote. And this time she made it to third. That's fair. Or fourth? Uh, fourth vote out. Yeah, is the fourth episode. Who was the person? Oh, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! This shit writes itself. Wow! Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, she actually did fill out a quarantine questionnaire. Okay. Interesting. She said she says her like title line here is I was weak, weak. There are things I wish I did differently. Apparently she shied away from water challenges because she had contact lenses in and didn't want to lose them. What the fuck? <laughs> Wait, no. Okay. What? You you were supposed to take those out every night. Yeah. And it's not like she has contact solution. No. Oh, she should have brought glasses. Oh, homegirl, that's stupid. Yeah, that's really dumb. Yeah, I before this she was a, a Miss Ohio. Is it Miss Ohio or Miss Ohio USA? It doesn't matter. She was a a beauty pageant winner. Okay. Uh, she has a child and is the CEO of a small business. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, and there's nothing like off-putting about her, and she seems like she's she's like pretty articulate she's not really like annoying she's just kind of not really there um my oh my protagonist for this episode is gonna be james okay yeah, yeah that's fair yeah i mean he's he's the, the the thing that loses i mean he's the person that has the final bout in the challenge he's the person that takes the leadership role poorly um it's really the story of james's leadership failures like min- minor ones which aren't his fault he doesn't want to be a leader and nobody else is doing it okay so i have two things that you we could maybe write for uh future bonus content here i don't know if you have your list at the ready i always have a list going okay uh her business venture nellam and co global is a boutique i think beauty firm we can get pretty okay and she also apparently does some writing Oh, some of my fiction could be classified within the emerging trend of F-I-C-I-N-T. Fiction intelligence, which is essentially blends fiction and intelligence to work through scenarios or possibilities. So we can find some find some books. Okay, I probably won't want to do books unless they're good. I feel it feels like I don't mind tearing apart a movie someone's in because that was a thing, a project to get paid writing is something deeply vulnerable okay well she's writing a novel and a series of short stories okay okay well that's... we'll look at some short stories maybe sure uh unless they're like really cringy and then i'm not gonna rip the poor woman's that's uh, fair. short that's stories fair. that's a good point it's just more personal now if if it turns out that she's like a crazy conspiracy theorist and it, they're like mad unhinged like yeah then i'll do it that's like that's something else yeah yeah cool anything else it's a good season. It's a good season. There's too much to talk about. Bumper. That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Back Time podcast. Jared, I am so glad we're having fun with this. Oh, me too. It's 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 just it warms my heart every time we're like, ah, oh, this isn't a drag to get through this. It's I, exciting. I look forward to talking about these episodes. Yeah, and there's some seasons where I'm like. I'm excited to talk about how much I don't like these episodes, but damn it, I have to go watch another episode. That's not true. Even Bad Survivor is entertaining. That's but, true. Yeah. Well, there's some Bad Survivor that I I am cringing knowing we have to get to. That's fair. I did cringe 
through most of Thailand. Yeah. Yeah. Anything you'd like to promote? Uh, I would like to promote uh, the Bonfire by Childish Gambino uh, remixes that are all over TikTok. Oh, man. People are mixing, remixing it with literally anything, and it works every time, and I love them. <laughs> that is fair. Yeah. Cool. What about you, Steven? I honestly don't have anything, like, out of the pocket. So I, I think just in general, like going back and finding things that you maybe started and you want to finish like Hmm. those things go take a look through your backlog of tasks take a look at that find some things maybe you'll get back into things maybe you'll pick up that guitar that you tried over pandemic and you want to keep working with you okay you want to know how good this season is? Yeah. we You and I have not even talked on mic about how you started Baldur's Gate 3. We did a little bit. Oh, we did? Okay. For like we we mentioned it. Yeah. Oh, I think I said the same thing like two episodes ago. Yeah. Damn it. That's fine. Please also rate and review us. Yeah. Please. We have... Uh, we we, we saw, lots of new listeners. Yeah, we saw our analytics. It seems like we, we're gaining some, some uh, traction. We're very happy with that. Thank you, all the new people, for listening. The algorithm demands to be fed, and so please feed it. But it's on, if you're on Spotify, it's really easy. You just click the stars. You don't got to write anything. You just click the stars. Click the stars. I think Apple, too. You can write something on Apple. But, yeah. Oh, you know what I found today that it was, it was fun? Because it for whatever reason, the Spotify version went up earlier than the Apple podcast version. Weird. The Spotify version has a very clear button for pacing, and you can make it faster. So I was listening to us at different speeds. <laughs> okay. Like us at half speed and us at double speed. Double speed is almost unlistenable, but... Uh, I already talk really fast. I was thinking that like 1.3, if you're short for time, 1.2 speed or 1.3 speed is about peak. But then you lose a lot of inflection that way. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. Pick your poison. Slowing it down has no benefit. I don't know why you no! would slow down. <laughs> I want to drag this podcast out for as long as possible. For my co-host, Jared, this is Steven. For my host, Steven, this is Jared. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Ouch.